Hey, fellas, we don't ask this often, but if you could right now rate this podcast and give us a review, that'd be super helpful. It helps us get this message out to as many guys as we can. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know what we have to offer. So please take a minute right now, rate us, give us a review, and then you can jump back into the podcast. You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey, y'all. My name's Aaron Rose, producer of The Better Man Podcast. It's another fifth Monday, so it's going to be a shorter podcast with me. Today, I wanted to talk about something that I often see, but it's not often talked about, and that's church hurt. Now, I'm going to define church hurt as hurt, pain, missed expectation from or by another brother or sister. Now, also, when people use that term, they often mean someone who's in authority, whether that be a key volunteer or someone who's on staff. So I generally am going to be talking about those relationships. And the reason I'm talking about this is it's something that I've had to deal with more recently in my life in the season that I've been in. I've had a lot of friends dealing with it. And I've also been on staff at a church where I was the person in leadership hurting other people. So I have it covered from a lot of different angles. And this is just a, a little bit of the processing that I've done, some of the counseling that I've done, and just some things that I've found helpful when dealing with church hurt. So the first thing that I would suggest counsel and I worked on myself is to make sure that I'm seeing clearly. Matthew 7, 3, and 5 talks about if you see that your brother has a speck in his eye, but you have a plank in your eye, you need to remove that plank. And that's not just so you're not a hypocrite. You can't go help someone out with something in their eye when you have something in yours because you can't see. You're going to poke their eye out. So specifically what that looked like for me is I was hurt, confused around what I understood as a core principle, tenet, foundation of the church. Something that I had believed for a long period of time. And then it seemed, from my perspective, to have changed. And that core principle was part of why I got hired, part of why I had my job, part of why I was excited to be there. And in my frustration and pain and disappointment, I had to recognize that a lot of my feelings came not just because there was a shift, but because I wasn't healthy. You see, I was having an identity crisis because I had incorrectly placed identity in this core value. I had not been abiding the way that I should, praying the way that I should, believing the right things. Outside of what people in leadership positions over me did, I was hurt because I wasn't healthy. And knowing that made the conversation so much easier because I could go in with humility, seeing clearly first my own part in this. This in turn allowed conversations with leaders above me for them to be disarmed, not worrying that I was attacking them, but genuinely trying to understand and seek unity. So also, in trying to see clearly, there's this thing that happens in any conflict, but even more so in church hurt, is where there's a gap of information, and we fill in that gap of missing information with our own narrative. Let me give you an example of when I was on staff and I hurt someone. I had a key volunteer set a meeting with me because I had hurt him. In trying to do what I thought was best, I had made a lot of changes to our procedures, expectations, the positions that people could serve. And in trying to clearly communicate, I really focused on the what, making sure that people understood 
what they were supposed to do with the new changes. However, I didn't do a great job communicating the why. And so my key volunteer had a gap of information. He felt hurt and struggled not to put in his own narrative to that gap of information because I hadn't been very clear on why I was making those changes. He felt like I didn't value him and that he didn't really have much to offer the team anymore now that his position had changed and he didn't feel very well equipped to do his new position. And this is a lesson for both the leader and the volunteer. Leaders, as much as it is possible, limit gaps of information. Over-communicate. Don't leave people guessing. I really failed in that way and allowed an opportunity for a key volunteer to not feel cared for. Another problem I often see is that we assign hurt or blame to a group rather than a specific person. The church that I attend is Watermark, and I've heard comments like, yeah, the communication was kind of poor and that's just kind of Watermark. Or when something runs late, it's like, well, that's just how Watermark does it. They're always running late. And that's wrong on a lot of levels. First, the church is thousands of people, both lay leaders, staff members, and other members. That's a pretty broad statement of thousands of people. Now, I think what's often meant is that, oh, the church staff does this. And again, that's not very helpful because the church staff is a large group of people. And while large groups of people can have general characteristics about them, healing doesn't come from sweeping generalizations. We need to figure out where does the frustration come from specifically and address that. And that does take work to narrow down, okay, who am I frustrated with? Who has hurt me? Who is making me concerned? And sometimes we don't know. And we got to go back to the other step and get information to fully understand who we're frustrated with. The Bible is very clear in giving us direction and how to reconcile with each other, not how to reconcile with an organization. And the reason is organizations don't hurt people. People hurt people. And so we need to be clear in not only what are we hurt by, but who specifically has hurt us. Okay, so if we see clearly in humility and we're being specific in who has hurt us, now is where we can go to Matthew 18 and just follow that roadmap. That roadmap applies to every one of our brothers and sisters. So pick your favorite preacher. Let's say you're a John Piper fan. If you and John Piper are out to coffee and John Piper says something that hurts you, you go to Matthew 18. And that's true of your senior pastor. That's true of anyone on staff. That's true of people in your community group. You need to follow Matthew 18, which is you go to them individually first. If that doesn't work, bring someone else. And third, you go to the church, which I understand there's some different interpretations around that, but I, I would take it as generally, you need to make sure that leadership is involved in that. Now for 90% of you, that should be enough. That should be a place to start. Now, hopefully it's not 10%, hopefully it's a smaller percent, but there is the reality of abuse. And where there's abuse, first, you need to seek safety. I had a buddy of mine that uh, he had to move himself, his wife, his child out of the city because there was a person in leadership who had access to too much and they didn't feel safe. And that was the right move. It's an incredibly unfortunate situation, uh, a really, really sad situation, but he made the right call. 
you have to be safe. And second, you need to notify authorities. Again, it depends on the level of abuse, so I can't speak to every situation. But if a law has been broken, the police need to know. If it's not a law, but it's something that's spiritual abuse, the elders need to know. First Peter 5 talks about how elders are to watch over their flock. They are to protect you. But what if it is an elder? Well, make sure the other elders know. That's why we should have a plurality of elders. Or if you're in a denomination, let the denomination leadership know. Or if you're non-denominational, make sure that a brother or sister church is aware. Now, let me stop here. For those who have been hurt, for those who have been abused, I am truly sorry for the pain that you're experiencing. I'm truly sorry that the church has not been as it should be. By God's grace, abuse has never been part of my story, and I pray it's never part of your story, but church hurt is pretty much a guarantee for all of us because the church is made up of people. We need to understand that hurt and pain, and yes, even abuse, is not a reason to leave the universal church. I was careful in my words there because, of course, there are times to leave a specific local church and join a different local church. Scripture assumes that we are part of a local church. In 1 Timothy 5, 9, there's a list that's kept of widows to be taken care of by who? The local church. In 1 John 2, 19, they were not of us. Who's us? The local church. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says that they need to remove a man from them for sexual sin. Remove from who? Remove from the local church. Another idea is to think about all the metaphors used for the local church. One of the most popular is a body. You're part of the body. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, talks about how we're to interact as a body. How can you be separate from the body? Quite literally, the word would be dismemberment. You can't survive apart from the body. The body is God's provision for you. And finally, Hebrews 10, 24 talks about spurring one another on, assuming that we are going to be in the local church. What I just ran through, uh, I stole from a friend and my daughter, and it spells out worms. Widows, of us, remove this man, metaphors, spur one another on. And it's just an easy way to think about some scripture that points us to the reality that we are to be part of the local church. Two other things I throw in there. One, when scripture talks about elders, it charges elders to be responsible for the flock. Again, assumption is there's a flock, there's a group of people who are known. And then finally, look at all the imperatives of the New Testament. If you believe that the Bible is the word of God, the imperatives of the New Testament often are plural, not singular. So if you're going to follow God's will, you can't do it apart from the local church. Again, in me saying all this, I don't want to minimize the hurt, the pain, and even the abuse that you might have experienced. That needs to be dealt with. There needs to be healing. And for the majority of us, Matthew 18 is the path that we need to take. Don't let church hurt prevent you from being part of a local church. There is so much that we could cover on this topic, but hopefully that's a good starting place. If you don't mind, take one second and think about, is there anyone who could benefit from hearing this and share it with them? 
That's it, fellas. Have a great week being God's man.